A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. everyone welcome back to your bona fide favorite pop culture podcast schmivy how old are you and how are you <laughs> what a way to start i am 25 as of yesterday Woo! so feeling old no actually i'm not feeling old you're looking at oh, no God, the skin need to get a heavier moisturizer oh, oh shut up need to get the retinol need to start fucking what does flow i say use your sunscreen every day because it'll aid you yeah which i do yeah which i have done for the last year or so but i think there's just there's a fucking huge stigma about getting old even just 25 plus i know and we actually had this really huge conversation mm. the other day about um, like aging and Liv and I have always been very much in the camp of like I've never given a fuck about aging in terms of how it looks on me I've always been like wrinkles are like the sign of a good life or the sign of things you've been through like yeah. I don't give a fuck Liv and I were talking about Botox the other day and how we're sort of getting to the age where people around us are either thinking about getting it and and if you want to get it go ahead yeah but Liv and I were feeling like if we're the only two people like left in our friend group that don't get it is it like we're aging in defiance? Is it like no, we're aging as protest? That's exactly how it feels sometimes. It feels like, okay, I'm going to try and not be swayed by this absolutely wild, like, anti-aging thing that we have going on in society and in the beauty industry and everything that's been injected to us via marketing and whatever. It's actually fucked up. And I've just been, like, watching influencers and stuff who are, like, in their mid-30s and don't have a single line on their face. And it is just, like, fair enough, you do what you want with your body. But it does just set this fucked up bar for women. Anyway, I could talk about this for ages. I'd actually quite like to do yeah. an episode on like aging in the media. Same, because I've just um, been watching Victoria Paris. I don't know if you know who she is. She's big on TikTok. And she's like made this highlight about every cosmetic thing she's ever had done, like mm. really little things, mm-hmm. like just about her eyebrows, eyelashes. She got her like chin done, lipoed and stuff. But she's made a uh, like highlight reel of it because she's like, Guys, you think that all of this is natural because yeah. you can't tell. None of this is natural and I don't want you to think it is. No, genuinely. So like, let me be open about it. I think there's a really good conversation to be had there. Even the whole thing of like paying for really f- expensive vampire facials and like shit like that. That Then it goes into the fact of like, okay, so like you have to be rich to look good. Well, we always know this, but it's just on another level when it comes to female aging. And I've just never spent that long thinking about aging until I'm just watching around me Mm -hmm. probably everyone else age and just look stunning because I've had all these things done and then me because I am not good at maintaining myself even on a good day yeah Yeah. and so Liv and I will just be like aged normally yeah because it's something we don't want to fucking think about every day of our lives like can't we just get through life without thinking about all of this expensive skincare shit that we're meant to buy like there's there's protecting yourself with like yeah. sunscreen, but then there's like and there's doing something nice for yourself yeah. in terms of. Remember like when Flo whole, told me I was dirty, and yeah. so she was like, "Let me help you, like do something for yourself at the end of each day, and we'll get you a skincare routine." And I was like, "Okay, That's like 
fine. Yeah, absolutely. But then there's like looking in the mirror at the end of the day, like with your eight different moisturizers and like and a magnifying glass. Yeah, and staring at the very tiny fine lines you've got on your forehead or whatever. Seriously. And you're all beautiful listening to this. Yeah, so exactly. Don't let anyone else or the world tell you differently. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Liv's 25. I also said at the start of this that yeah. she looked it, which is like a hip- hypocritical, but that was a joke. <laughs> Obviously, everyone. Um, what describes your week? What describes my week is the campus. <laughs> the, okay, and same. Or well, mine was camping and then making it your whole personality. Yeah, so absolutely. You go. It's really funny because when Lucy and I were in high school, we went camping for the first time with like our guy friends, which was very like, ooh, la la, when we were 15 years old. Mm. And it's just so funny because for my 25th birthday, like 10 years later, we're literally going camping with pretty much the same group of people. At the exact same time of year. Yes. Like, and, and to be fair, good on our parents for letting us go camping at 15. Like, mm. we, I think we probably had one person on their restricted license or two people or something that were a bit older than us, drove us out there. It was our first times getting drunk properly. Like, it was, like, bad behaviour. It, it was bad. It was wholesome as fuck, but it was b- 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 bad behaviour. Yeah, but it was also cute as fuck. And I think now it was just, like, very weirdly nostalgic. It was. Going camping with that group of people. And, yeah, it was just really, really nice. Just so fucking nice to get out of the city. Yes. I just forget how many beautiful places are like an hour or so outside of Auckland. I know. And I forget how much like I need it to recharge. Oh my uh, God. Just no screen time. My phone yes. was dead the entire time. There's no reception when we were. Unless just, you looked for it, I guess. Exactly. Swims out on the beach, mm. like eating communal meals. Just super, like, super cute. Instant coffee out of plastic cup, reusable plastic cups. In the yeah. morning, all the you're girls, dusty. All the girls brought their colouring in books. No one even <laughs> talked was, about it. No, we, we just, just all like brought them with us, which was hilarious. It was actually so cute. And Liv, I was thinking this morning, like I have feel like I've had a few months of being really not charged, or like mm. just really not mm-hmm. excited, or like you just know, like functioning at that sixty percent battery yeah, life, and which sucks. And then got back from camping and was like, oh my god, like it's just yeah, like, I'm tired, but. I feel so But it's charged. a great tired. It's yeah. like a oh like full body, like had the sun, yes. had the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Had the vibes, had the drinks. Had the drinks. I didn't have that many drinks, no. I feel, overall. No, neither did I. I came home with a whole box full of pals because like just didn't need to reach for yeah, it. Yeah, fuck yeah. Good company. Love that. Good company. Fantastic. Well, that's the same as what describes my week as well. Um, Liv, we are going to be talking today about Chris Brown, and honestly, Liv and I feel like we are living in a separate universe or there's a social experiment being done on us or something where, like, we have been researching, obviously we know what he did to Rihanna, and we have been researching all the other things that go into the complicated person that is Chris Brown, but, like, why is he still like being awarded shit, coming to awards shows, being held up on this pedestal. Like there's just a whole lot of confusion, I think, from Liv and I. It is. It's it's very strange because as we're going to go and talk about, we live in our own kind of media sphere where everyone around us just thinks of Chris Brown as someone that is like, okay, we don't really interact with him. But that's just really not the case for a lot of the world. And where there's money to be made – People will give Turn, them a platform. Yeah, it's just it's it's 
It's an, honestly bizarre. Yeah, interesting nuanced conversation with a lot of complexities to it, as fucking per usual on Culture Vulture. So we will get into that. And before we do, just a wee content warning to say that we will be talking about domestic violence. Um, so please tune out of this episode probably entirely unless you want to hear about Maddie Healy and the kiss that happened on stage that Lucy is absolutely green with envy about. Mm. Um, So feel free to tune into that bit and then disregard the rest of the episode if this one's not for you. Definitely. But yeah, before we get into that, I have to talk about Maddie Healy kissing fucking fans on stage again. So... (laughs) Again. Again. So, well, he used to do this, and I've been, obviously I've been deep in my 1975 Matty Healy obsession, mm-hmm. and he used to do this, like, back in the day. They have this song called Robbers, which is about a toxic relationship, um, and when they would perform it on stage, he would get people up and make out with them during this certain part of the song. It's very punk. It's, like, very Matty Healy. It's very hot. It's just, like, any fan fiction you could ever think of coming true. Like, it is amazing. Anyway. He'll definitely know that. And he'll know know that that. he is playing on that fan fiction dream. Oh, my God. And he's just, like, I reckon he's just, he has such a good time on stage. He's so in it for the art, the performance art, and this fits with the song. Mm -hmm. And so, anyway, he hasn't done that in years, right? And now they've just gone back on tour and hasn't done it at his um, recent shows, but then got back into reception after camping and had all these people messaging me on Twitter and stuff like, Luce, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? Saw, like, Matty Healy cheating, like, as a trending thing on Twitter. And I was like, what the fuck has gone on? Does Matty Healy have a girlfriend? No, no, no. But it was just, oh. like, a joke about, just like, cheating, cheating on the fans. The fans. Yeah. Cheating on the fans. And then, like, he retweeted something funny that was, like, someone holding a sign that said, welcome home, cheat it. Like, yeah, just, like, if you get with one fan, you disregard all the rest. Yeah. But, like, the fan, the 1975 fandom, what I love about them, because all fandoms are different, right? What I love mm. about this one is, like, they bully Matty Healy and he bullies us right back. Like, right. It's, like, it's just, like, ripping each other out. It is. It's just ripping each other to shreds. Um, but the best thing about this is, like, I was sick with envy. Like, I felt like I was 12 years old just figuring out what hormones were again. Yeah. Like, Honestly, I walk downstairs to Flo and Hayden, who I live with, and I, like, lay on the couch like a baby, like, oh my, like, yelled. Like, I'm so jealous. Like, this kills me. I just cannot imagine feeling that way over someone I've never met. Like, it's just fucking funny to me. Like, definitely had that feeling, like, you know, when you have a crush on someone and, like, they get with someone else or whatever, and it's just like, oh my God. But it's like, because I've had personal interactions. I know. But I love it. I wish I could feel those things because that's kind of fun. No, it's. So fun. I've never had it with someone that I have met. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about the people in my real life. No offense, everyone else. It's but better like, to imagine. Yeah, it's better to imagine. Mm. If you if you are Maddie Healy or Harry Styles, particularly when I was like 15 or 16, um, that's when I will be obsessed with you. Yeah. So naturally, and we should have guessed this because all the hottest, coolest, like fucking people are part of the sisterhood. The girl that Maddie Healy brought on stage to kiss. Is a Cisco follower, a Cisco fan. She's a legend. Her name's Isabella. And I loved this evolution that when you first found out, I, I was like, what the fuck? Yes. Like, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, you get in comms with her and you're like, okay, you're actually really fucking cool. Go, queen. No, like, now I'm, like, proud, living my dreams, doing it for the sisters. We all want to be, like, I'm yeah. like, I love, 
I, honestly, I love Isabella to death now. So she wrote me a little play-by-play, which is going live in the newsletter. You can go back and read it because um, it's obviously out by now. So how did you get in comms? Did she get in comms with you? No. So she, I saw someone tag her on Twitter mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, my God. And then I followed her on Twitter and she followed She followed us on Instagram. So she was like, oh, my God, I know who you are. And I messaged her just being like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Love this for you. Love this mm-hmm. happened to you. Like, would you be keen yeah. to do, like, a towel? Only oh what you're comfortable God. with. Naturally, she was like, I fucking love you guys. Like, yes, I will. And so I was like, okay. So sick. fucked up that we have that sort of, like, no. reach of, like, these random-ass people in, in the world just, like, being able to get in contact with them. I know. And, like, just what are the odds? Yeah. Like, it's three million people is a lot of people, right? But it's not... Like, we're touching every single person God, in the world. no. So the fact that the person he made out with on stage is a Cisco follower yeah. and was like, yeah, I'll tell you everything, was just, it's my favourite part of the job, I think. It makes me love this job because it's, mm-hmm. like, fandom and it's also writing and it's talking to people and it's, like, yeah. shit that feels like it's out of a movie. Yeah, So yeah. I'm just going to read it in her words. Um, this is what she wrote for me. So there was a girl in the pit that had a sign on her phone that said, play girls, it's my birthday. And Maddie saw it and he said something along the lines of, no, sorry, can't do that, but I can make out with you guys. So a light bulb went on in her head and she was like, okay, noted. And then he sang a song called Me and You Together Song. And she said, the motherfucker looked at me, made some facial expressions to me while he was singing, winked, and then looked at my friend and stuck his tongue out at her. At that moment, I knew I needed to do something else to get his attention. So I typed out on my phone, so we making out, question mark, and held it up in between songs. It gets dark and he could really see it from the crowd in between songs. He came up to me and he said, what's that sign say? And read it and said, do you know robbers? And she said, I honestly didn't understand what the fuck he was saying. So I said, huh? And then he asked again and enunciated his words better. And then I said, yeah. He said, okay, come here. And she said, and when I tell you, I jumped the barricade so fast. No one helped me. I did it myself. And then she said, I get up there and security told me to just sit on the couch. And so I was like, okay. So I go to him and he asked me for my name. And then I sat down. He walked away, and when he came back to me, he gets on his knees and he says, we don't have to snog if you don't want to. And I said, oh, yes, we are. Yes. And he was like, okay, are you sure? And I said, yes, and kept nodding. And you can watch the video and you can, like, see all of this happening because everyone's like, what's he saying when he's whispering to her? And then the other side of people are like, did he get consent? So is this, like, in between songs? He's, like, chatting to her. Like, just kind of, like, as they're getting ready for the next song. Yeah. And then pulls her up, and then, like, she's sat there waiting until the song comes on. Yeah, the song oh, comes okay, on. Right, and then you. he's singing. He's, like, on his knees. There's a break in the music, and he's, mm-hmm. like, t- asking her, like, are you okay if we snog? We don't have to do it. And yeah. she's, like, yeah, we fucking do. Like, she said, can we make out? Yeah. And so um, then, and you can you can see this all happening in the video. He walks away. He comes back. He sits on her lap. And then he like sings to her for ages, and then she said he would leave, and he would come back. But when he was leaving, he was he would always just be like, "I'll be over here," like real cute shit. Oh and then she also said, "Side note, like he smelled like cigarettes because he oh, is a chain yeah. smoker on stage." Um, and then she said, "Anyway, he pulled me up. We sang together, and then there's this part where he always kisses the fan that's on stage, and they kissed. And she said, honestly, it was just a crazy experience. I never thought it would happen to me ever. And then." Side note, the next night he did this with a guy fan and it is 
hotter. Like, yeah. Maddie Healy kissing the guy fan, and then he, like, goes in again. Yeah, I just watched the video, and it is. It's, it's sexy. Hot. It's so fucking hot. Um, and so naturally my, like, final question for Isabella, and there's more of this uh, in the newsletter, so you can go and read a bit more about her um, and some context about how long she's loved them, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I, w- I was like to her, how has the fandom, like, reacted? I wanted to know. I'd seen on Twitter how I thought that reacted. Mm-hmm. Real, like, that should be me, but I'm obsessed that he's doing it again. And she was like, so far the fandom's been real nice. She's had some hate comments here or there, but it's yeah. mainly from people outside of the fandom. She also said she had to make a post clearing up that he asked her multiple times mm. and she said yes. And she said, I am a grown – she was like, I'm 24, I'm grown, I knew what I was doing. For sure. It's not like he's like, oh, you're a 16-year-old girl over there. You yeah. Know? And I think that was something – I mean, obviously, if you want to talk about power dynamics, when there's a when there's a celebrity and there's someone that's a fan of that celebrity, there's always something going on. But Absolutely. I think with the context of this was something he always – has done like Justin Bieber's one less lonely girl. Mm-hmm. He used to bring someone on stage and like serenade her. This is like the punk edition of that. Yeah, and like if you take it lightly, you know, it's just something. It's fun. like why can't we have nice things if we, you know, yeah, can't. if we go about it the right way, yeah. which he did, which yeah. he asked for. Consent. And then I think he, um, there's, yeah, he did a similar thing with the guy he brought on stage as well. Mm-hmm. And I will try and reach out to the guy, but I can't make this our whole brand. <laughs> now just me interviewing anyone just, that gets kissed. Or anyone that's ever spoken to yeah. Maddie Healy. <laughs> I'm just like, sorry, the news can wait. Yeah, like, and the newsletter just becomes, okay, right, I found this person, this person, this person. <laughs> and with here's the story. Closer. Yeah. Um, so anyway, love this for Isabella. Love this for Maddie. He's reliving out his robber's dreams and he's kissing a whole lot of fucking hot people so go but off do you right. still hate it for you no oh uh, um, no because it gives me hope that like I'm going to two of his shows in New Zealand like it could be me <laughs> I don't hate You've it for me you gotta get up the front oh my god how are I'm, you gonna do that well one of them I'm seated and one of them I'm general and I'm general in the Wellington one which I feel like will be smaller yeah I think I might have to camp out no <laughs> no I'm not gonna Camp out for a week. Like we just keep walking past. Like, hey, Luce, how you going? I could be reporting live on TikTok from the queue. Like just you and your little tent. Like, right, okay, it's day three. <laughs> day three, still no one here. Don't know why I'm in the line. Still no sign of Maddie Healy. I've oh been God. scoping out every hotel room. I can't even do that actually because I need to be at his Auckland show, and I need to find where the after party is. Oh, I think that's probably your better bet. Yeah. So anyway, it's we'll, a genuine connection. We'll keep you in the loop. Well, when One Direction came to Wellington, Rubes and I went and found them at three AM in a bar, and there was just a glass window, and they were all there, yeah, knocking and that's waving. That's pretty and wild. It gives me hope that, that can happen again. Anyway, this is a really nice story and nice mm. for Isabella. Naughty because it's like making out on stage, so kind a of a hot, naughty, naughty. A hot type of naughty, um, but not the type of naughty that we're about to talk about right now. Because Chris Brown is fucking textbook. I don't even want to say naughty because it feels like it lightens like the shit that he's put people through. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mm-hmm. But Liv, I want you to start off with why the fuck we're actually talking about Chris Brown right now. Why is he back in the media? Why are we caring now? Yeah, you're definitely probably wondering that. Um, and it is all because of the AMAs, which happened last Sunday. So Chris Brown was meant to be performing at the AMAs. He was meant to be doing a tribute to Michael Jackson because it was the th- it was Thriller's 40th anniversary. And so basically it got cancelled. Not just because it was Chris Brown, actually not because it was Chris Brown, but it was the combination of him and him doing Michael Jackson that they just Mm. thought was too much. It's so weird to me. Like, how do they organise these events? How do they cancel it, like, the day before or whatever? How did that get greenlit the whole way up until there? Like, you could have just asked one person on the internet. No. Or, like... You know, it's so, so strange to me. Like these huge events must be organized, you know, from the time the one last year finished. I just can't understand it. So basically he ended up not attending and then he won an award and Kelly Rowland accepted the award on his behalf. And then when she did so, people in the crowd started like booing. I mean, some people were cheering, some people were booing. And she was basically like, hang on, chill out to the crowd. And then she goes on to say like, you know, how good of a musician Chris Brown is and that she's proud of him and she loves him and blah, 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 blah. And then later on TMZ um, catch up with her as she's getting in the car. And I actually have a clip about what she said about this whole situation. I have to know your thoughts on people bullying Chris. Is it sad to see? You know what? I believe that grace is very real and we all need a dose of it. And before we point fingers at anybody, we should realize how grateful we are for every moment that we get for even even our, our own things that we have. I just think it's important to remember to be human. We are humans and yeah. Do you feel human. like he needs to he, he needs to be forgiven for like, you know, what he did? I mean, you know what? We all need to for, be forgiven for anything that we could be doing, anything that we're thinking. We all come up short in some sort of way, and grace is real, and and we are humans, and everybody deserves grace, period. Have a good day. I know you too. Bye. It's just such a weird sentiment to me. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, she's getting in the car. She's being chased by a reporter. She doesn't have time to, like, write down a really well-written statement or whatever. But just the way that she's thinking about it is so, like... We don't have to forgive everyone for every single thing. Well, I feel like it strips grace from its actual context. Like, we often say when it comes to cancel culture, because we fucking hate cancel culture, that, mm-hmm. like, you know, you need to treat that person on the internet that said the wrong thing and then gone and fixed it. You need to treat them with grace. Yeah. Because they've done it in public and they've gone and fixed it. And that's how society moves forward. Someone that has been charged with assault and then gone on, as you're going to hear, to do it repeatedly cannot be lumped in with those people. No, it's just so unfair to, like, compare someone like Chris Brown and, yes, the absolute, like, like crazy series of events that he has been part of and he has instigated. And for her to say that is just so, so strange to me, but it opens up that whole the fact that Lucy and I and you, if you're listening to this, you know, we're in our own echo chamber when it comes to 
Chris Brown and anything like this, really. So if you're not familiar with what an echo chamber is, it's an environment where a person only encounters information or opinions that reflect and reinforce their own. So if you think about it, I mean, we've definitely talked about echo chambers mm-hmm. a lot on this podcast, but if you think about it, you're all listening to this podcast, you're probably talking to other people that listen to this podcast or have read the media where we got the information for this podcast. And so we're all walking around with the same opinion, thinking that everyone else has the same opinion as us because the only people we talk to in our lives do have the same opinion as us because they're ingesting the same media and And you choose your friends based on values and we share a lot of values so your community gets bigger but bigger because you're all like really liberal, you know, you're really uh, like empathetic or we think the same way. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So when Kelly Rowland comes out and says this and it makes headlines and it's just so interesting because like Luce and I, you're probably thinking – how the fuck can she think that? But it's probably because she's surrounded by other people. She's friends with Chris Brown. Like, she's surrounded by people saying the same thing as to, like, you know, he should be forgiven, whatever, whatever. And it was really interesting because, as I said before, Chris Brown was meant to be performing at the AMAs and then last minute it was cancelled and he posted a video of the rehearsal being, like, you serious and then commented, would have been the biggest AMA performance but they cancelled me for reasons unknown. And then the guy that is the choreographer for that performance is a Kiwi guy called Lance Vali. And on his TikTok, he said, posted a very similar video saying, bruh, if only we got to perform this tonight at the AMAs. Oh, well, on to the next. And then I was looking through the comments of this video, expecting people to be like, well, it's pretty fucking obvious as to why you weren't able to perform this. But there was no one. Like, I scrolled through hundreds and hundreds of comments. I was there watching her. All pro Chris Brown and all like, what the fuck? Like, this is a tragedy to music. And all very pro Michael Jackson in the sense of like, we should be celebrating Thriller. Like, all of this shit. And it was honestly, there wasn't a single comment. And then Lucy and I were saying, if we posted that same caption with that video on Shit You Should Care About, we would have been absolutely shat on. We would have been cancelled, cancelled, cancelled. Yes. It's just this really interesting, and we talk about it often, is that people that are trying to do good or objectively good with their platforms, Mm -hmm. as soon as they make a step wrong, they're done. But people that have never tried to do anything good or stand up for things or, like, I don't know, they're just not in the same realm, they get almost like a free pass to just say or do what, they're saying and feeling and yeah. thinking and they don't get shit on because no one expects them Absolutely. to be better. Because we're in the political realm, we're in like the kind of social ideology realm. Someone like Lance Savali, who's a choreographer, he's in the dancing realm. He's done a lot of choreography for, ironically, Rihanna and like Beyonce and all of the shit. And so a lot of the people following him are huge R&B fans. They fucking love dance. Chris Brown's mm. a really good dancer. Um, and so that's all they're caring about. But it's just really, really jarring to go from one audience with polarizing views to the one that you're seeing on this TikTok account. And it's just really, really shocking to see how different we are thinking about this whole situation. And as Lucy kind of mentioned in the introduction to this, it almost feels like we're missing something. It's like, how have these people forgotten so quickly what has gone on? Because... It 
isn't that Chris Brown had a one-off incident, no. as Lucy will go into. It's been a chain of really fucked up events. And it's just like, I mean, we have a really good episode that we're really proud of and I think you should go and listen to about separating the art and the artist. And this isn't really a case of like a really difficult um, grey area, in my opinion, because obviously everyone has their own backgrounds and reasons why they act out and reasons why they do things. Again, we actually spoke about this when we talked about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard in a really meaningful way. I think we had a good discussion about that. But in this case, when he has been like charged and had multiple restraining orders and been in multiple altercations time and time again, one in 2022, it's just like when you see a pattern like this and you haven't seen someone like come forward and try and be better and try and do better. It's just, I just don't know why this conversation isn't happening more. About- but it really isn't happening. Like when I was doing this research, I was, you know, Googling things like Chris Brown, domestic abuse, media representation, like, you know, looking for one of like those really smart fucking like Vox or Vulture or whatever mm. essays about like, this professional says this because of this. Yes, exactly, and this is why it happens. Or even, like, this is the repercussion of allowing people who have a really muddy past, you know, to be a celebrity in 2022 and to have these fandoms and to be, you know, such influential people and to give them these platforms, like, performing at the AMAs. Yeah. Like, there just wasn't really that much analysis, which is really interesting because there's so much when it comes to, like, Harvey Weinstein and Hollywood and sexual abuse and, like, the Me Too movement. But I think because Chris Brown, what happened with him and Rihanna, which is the most famous of his incidents, was domestic violence, which I think is potentially more difficult to talk about than sexual abuse and certainly well what we've seen less spoken less about. spoken about yeah for whatever reason yeah it's been really interesting again when I was trying to research just the lack of analysis even so we started um analyzing his wikipedia page which obviously can be um added to and edited by anyone mm. and there is like very very little not in the first like big paragraph about who he is and then not even when you get down to relationships and stuff, there is very, very little on his restraining order that has been put on him by one of his ex-girlfriends and the case with Rihanna. Mm. And when they do talk about Rihanna in the Wikipedia article, do you remember it was like, and Rihanna's come out and spoken about this and said in the past that he was a good boyfriend. Yeah, and, I was and like, like she why got you back those, with him. Why are you putting those quotes in there? Which is always the case when it comes to domestic assault because, yeah. uh, like, People always want to just blame on the victims and blame on the survivors and be like, oh, well, you went back and blah, blah, blah. And obviously we all know that it is not that easy. Mm. But going back to like the whole echo chamber thing, it's just so interesting because like Lucy and I reading that Wikipedia page, we're like, where is this? We know of Chris <laughs> Brown through the Rihanna assault. Yeah. And Obviously, that's just not the case with his fans. Yeah. Like, they know him through the music and the dancing and whatever it is. And it just shows, like, to them, it's just a tiny blip on his record. Yeah. But to us, it's all we know him for. So there's just, like, this huge gap between what people are seeing and what they're thinking. And it has real implications in society for 
like domestic assault and the influence that these celebrities have over how other people live their lives, Mm -hmm. which we will get into a little bit later on. But I think first, Luce, it would be really good to actually hear about what he has done because we keep referencing it. We do. And just again, before I get into this, honestly, tune out if you don't want to hear some quite detailed descriptions of domestic abuse because I'm actually going to read the full police report um, from the Rihanna incident. First of all, though, so when I went to start my research, I started on a YouTube video made by E! News that was about, like, um, a timeline of the Mm -hmm. things he'd done. I had to click out of it because one of the first things they said was, like, that he was living up to his bad boy reputation by doing, by what, assaulting Rihanna. Like, that's not a bad boy reputation. Bad boy reputation is having a cigarette, like, on stage at your show. Bad boy reputation isn't beating up your girlfriend and, like, leaving her almost... Like unrecognizable. I saw a very similar sentiment. There was actually an interview with Chris Brown in The Guardian from 2013. And the way that that started was kind of alluding to that most people think of him as the bad boy of R&B because of all of these allegations. And the language here is just so fucked up. And it's really important like to note that language. Like Zayn Malik used to be called the bad boy of One Direction. Because and, he was moody and broody. Like, but to be fair, yeah. he went on and had some allegations against Yolanda. So whether, I mean, like, but you can't just be fucking lumping bad boy with assault. But it's just like shows the insidious nature of this sort of behavior in kind of music in general. It's just such a normal thing mm. to happen that it just gets lightened by the language because because we don't like the media hasn't had to report on it that much so they're just using the language they always use Mm -hmm. but it's like no these are very different things so anyway in february of 2009 the night before the grammy awards um rihanna and chris brown had actually both been nominated for two awards each they left a pre-grammys party and got into a public altercation Rihanna's face and arms had been covered in visible, um, like, bruises. He had been charged with battery following her hospitalisation, but I'm going to read the police report. So a a verbal argument ensued and Brown pulled a vehicle over in an unknown street. He reached over Robin, who is Rihanna, with his right hand and opened the car door and attempted to force her out. Brown was unable to force her out of the vehicle because she was wearing a seatbelt. When he could not force her to exit, he took his right hand and shoved her head against the passenger window of the vehicle, causing an approximate one-inch raised circular contusion. So she got cut. Mm -hmm. Robin F. turned to face Brown and he punched her in the left eye with his right hand. He then drove away in the vehicle and continued to punch her in the face with his right hand while steering the vehicle with his left hand. The assault caused Robin Robin's mouth to fill with blood and blood to splatter all over her clothing and the interior of the vehicle. Brown looked at Robin and stated, I am going to beat the shit out of you when we get home. You wait and see. Robin picked up her cell phone and called personal assistant Jennifer Rosales. Rosales did not answer the telephone, but while her voicemail greeting was playing, Robin pretended to talk to her and stated, I am on my way home. Make sure the cops are there when I get there. This statement was made while the voicemail thing, greeting was playing, so it wasn't actually recorded. After Robin faked the call, Brown looked at her and stated, you just did the stupidest thing ever. Now I really am going to kill you. 
Brown resumed punching Robin and she interlocked her fingers behind her head and brought her elbows forward to protect her face. She then bent over at the waist, placing her elbows and face near her lap in an attempt to protect her face and head from the barrage of punches being levied by Brown. Brown continued to punch Robin on her left arm and hands, causing her to suffer a contusion on her left triceps that was approximately two inches in diameter and numerous contusions on her left hand. Robin attempted to send another text message to her personal other personal assistant, Melissa Ford. Brown snatched the cellular telephone out of her hand and threw it out of the window to an unknown street. Brown continued driving and Robin observed his cell phone in his lap. She picked up the cell phone with her left hand and before she could make a call, he placed her in a headlock with his right hand and continued to drive the vehicle with his left hand. Brown held Robin close to him and bit her on her left ear. She was able to feel the vehicle swerving from left to right as Brown sped away. He stopped the vehicle in front of an address and Robin turned off the car, removed the key and, and from the ignition and sat on it. Brown did not know what she did with the key and, beca- and began punching her in the face and arms. Brown began applying pressure to Robin's left and right cartoid arteries, causing her to be unable to breathe. She began to lose consciousness. She reached out with her left hand and began to attempt to gouge his eyes in an attempt to flee herself. Brown bit her left ring and middle fingers and released her. While Brown continued to punch her, she turned around and placed her back against the passenger door. She brought her knees to her chest and began pushing him away. Brown continued to punch her on the legs and feet, causing several contusions. She began screaming for help and Brown exited exited the vehicle and walked away. A resident in the neighbourhood heard Robin's plea for help and called 911, causing a police response. An investigation was conducted and Robin was issued a domestic violence protective order holy shit so i think just i had to read all of that out because i feel like that has just been completely lost in everything oh and like so fucked up in this interview with the guardian he calls it the rihanna incident like how can you take all of that what you've just read out and then like umbrella it as an incident and like this is then what hits the media, Mm. the media to the fans of Chris Brown, and they say, oh, it was just an incident, like, brushing over it. But sometimes it is important to actually hear the details of these scenarios because you, how do you get past that? Like, usually I feel like we don't have to read out full things like this because the media's done a pretty good job of making sure we don't forget the bad things that everyone does. Mm. For Chris Brown, there just seems to be a really different level of outrage. And, like, we are... Not usually. Like, we like to be quite balanced Mm -hmm. when it comes to this podcast especially, and we like to see, you know, all sides of things. But, like, when I was reading this, I was just like, if there's going to be anything to be outraged about, it's hearing, it's this. Fuck yeah. Like, just where is it? Hearing the detail of this is just so jaw-dropping that, like, how do the fans just get past that by just saying, oh, well, that's just how it is? Yeah. And when this happened and, like, it's – it's I don't think this would happen. I'd like to think the internet is a bit better than this now. Mm. But when it was hap- happening, like, um, there was tweets that were like, I would let Chris Brown, like, beat me up. Like, you know, mm. people that loved him. And Roxanne Gay actually wrote – and I think this ha- this piece that Roxanne Gay wrote, like, still has merit, but it wouldn't be – this was in, like, 2012 or even pre that. And I, I think it would be written differently now, but – it was just like 
okay, we can't actually be making jokes and funny tweets like that. Like, you'd let... I know there's, like, this thing in fandoms with, like, Harry Styles or whatever. It's like, I would let him run me over in his car or whatever, like that. With someone that hasn't actually... You know, ha- be for charged. it to be a hypothetical situations is very different to yeah. actually yeah. have, yeah, you know, having done that shit. Yeah. So anyway, back to some more things that mm-hmm. Chris Brown's done. So with Rihanna, he was charged with felony domestic assault. He pleaded guilty to one count of this assault. Um, he had a plea deal, which meant that he didn't get time in jail in exchange for community service, counselling, a restraining order, and probation. He was later actually accused of violating his restraining order and faking some of his community service in order to serve additional hours. Like, you've already literally got to get out of jail free card. Fully. And then you you fucking fake your community service hours. Anyway, um, then in an interview with Robin Roberts in 2011, this was two years after the Rihanna incident, as Chris Brown called it, or mm-hmm. the abuse, Um, that we will call it. Chris Brown sat down with Robin Roberts for an interview on Good Morning America when the host, Robin, asked Chris Brown about the domestic abuse. Um, Chris stormed off the set and he had broken a window in his dressing room when they went in to see. In 2013 in Orange County, Chris Brown allegedly shoved a woman called Deanna Gines uh, to the ground she claimed that she needed surgery following the incident because it left her with torn ligaments in her right knee. Um, during a video shoot in Colorado in 2015, Brown forcibly ejected a woman from his bus when she refused to give up her cell phone. The woman, who was not a part of the video shoot that he was on, um, claimed that her phone was broken and filed a report for third-degree assault because she was pushed from the bus. In Las Vegas in 2016, um, Chris Brown avoided charges after a woman accused him of punching her in the face and taking her phone in a Las Vegas nightclub. She claimed she'd been trying to take a photo with Brown during a private party before the assault occurred. Um, In 2016, again, there were claims that he'd brutally attacked his former manager, Mike G, and the singer's tour manager, Nancy Gosh, also claimed that he had threatened a similar attack against her, and so she cut ties with him. Um, In August of 2016, again, Chris Brown was detained by the LA Police Department following a standoff at his home. A woman had accused the singer of threatening her with a gun after showing up to his house. He had a random altercation with Frank Ocean once over a parking-like spot. In 2019, he and members of his entourage were detained in Paris after being accused of aggravated rape and drug possession. Brown denied the allegations and was released, but subsequently skipped a meeting with French investigators. His lawyer said that the date was inconvenient for Chris Brown, but that he wished to find a new date. And then the case was ultimately rejected because of insufficient evidence. And then this year, Chris Brown was sued for alleged drugging and rape. So he's being sued by a woman who alleges that he drugged and raped her on a yacht docked at Diddy's home in Miami. This is according to Rolling Stone. The complaint alleged that he led this woman down a corridor into a bedroom where he closed the door and prevented her attempts to leave. He allegedly undressed and raped her, ejaculated inside her, and it's also reported that he demanded that she took Plan B after this. Um, She's seeking $20 million in damages. He's not issued a proper statement about this, but he posted on Instagram, I hope y'all see this pattern of, and then cap, which means lies, whenever I'm releasing music or projects, they try to pull some real bullshit. And it's just like, okay, like, 
I don't know if they are trying to pull the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I would say like assaulting, you know, people and stuff. Yeah, is and bullshit. also to me it's like imagine all of the other shit that he does that just doesn't get reported on because he's got so much power and so much money and like, so even many resources. He's literally done this too, and it shouldn't matter, but we were talking about this the other day when we first started researching. He's done this to the biggest, Rihanna, the yeah. biggest star in the world. Yeah. And there's been very little repercussions like, actually, there's been very little repercussions at punitive-wise mm-hmm. in the fact that he didn't go to jail, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then media-wise as well, he sort of got off scot-free. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, – it sort of makes sense why he feels a little bit untouchable and why he feels like people are coming for him. Yeah. But- oh, absolutely, because these people have – in this Guardian interview that I keep referencing that I will link in the newsletter, one thing that the interviewer says is something like he obviously doesn't know what modesty is or like things like that. And it's just like people with those personality traits, like he will genuinely think that he's owed this shit. It's the Mm. same with our Kelly conversation. It's like when these celebrities get so big and they have so much power and they're so used to getting exactly what they want and getting away with everything that they do, it's just like they start to think of themselves as untouchable and when they do get touched, they turn it on other people. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so interesting the fact that the media isn't analysing this shit because there was actually one really good article in the Washington Post, but this is back in 2013. So like a lot of shit's happened since oh. then. So like why isn't this keep getting brought up like I I just don't really understand but this article the headline is um Rihanna and Chris Brown are proof that domestic violence is everyone's business because you know how they released that song nobody's business yeah because basically with Rihanna there's a series of interviews that show the transgression of the way she thought about this attack which is really interesting Mm -hmm. so in 2009 and it's a little bit of an insight into domestic abuse and the way that it can fuck with survivors heads I guess um so in 2009 this is like the same year as the attack she was interviewed by Diane Sawyer and they talked about how there's often eight or nine incidents of domestic violence before one leaves an abusive relationship. Um, and then she went to say, I realized that my selfish decision for love could result into some young girl getting killed. I could not be easy with that part. I couldn't be responsible. If Chris never hit me again, who's to say that their boyfriend won't kill these girls? Don't react off love. Fuck love. Wow. So that ties in with this Washington Post article saying that like it shows that domestic violence is everyone's business because it has such a ripple effect, especially when it's celebrities and people with huge amounts of influence. Like if people say, oh, Rihanna got back with her abusive boyfriend, like I can get back with mine. But like maybe they won't be so lucky. You just yeah. don't know. So that was in 2009. And then in 2012, she was talking to Oprah And she said that she lost her best friend in one moment. And then she went to say, it was a weird, confusing space to be in because I was angry as I was. I felt like he made that mistake because he needed help. And I wondered who's going to help him. Um, No one's going to say he needs help. Everyone's going to say he's a monster without looking at the source. So you can kind of see like her 
thought process change over the years, which she brings up a valid point in terms of domestic violence doesn't happen in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, we have the power as a society to like cancel these people and not listen to their music anymore. But realistically, the only thing the only way that helps is in terms of media representation, Mm. that we're not seeing that this is okay. But we're not going to the root of the problem of domestic violence, which I'm not going to go into in this episode because it's just too big and complicated. But, you know, often people and Chris Brown did have abuse in his childhood. Mm. Um, So his parents divorced when he was seven and then he moved um, in with his mum and her new husband in a trailer park and he said he describes lying in bed listening to his stepfather beat his mother mm-hmm. so this is often the case with domestic violence perpetrators is that they were exposed to it when they were a kid obviously it's not a what do we always say it's not an excuse but it is an explanation, an explanation. Um, as to how these things occur. So it is important to actually look into why Chris Brown did this, not even in terms of empathy, but in terms of like, like the bigger conversation around domestic Mm -hmm. violence and like why the fuck it happens in society and us not listening to Chris Brown's music anymore like doesn't actually help the root cause of this. No. If you have the brain space to think about these things, then it can be, this is what these conversations this is how these conversations can be properly helpful, I think. And uh, this is why this Chris Brown, his whole existence and the media's like portrayal of it hasn't been helpful because they haven't used this as a let's really look at this and look at what's wrong and look at why this happened and how this happened. It's been a, oh, let's forget this happened. And, and I think one reason that maybe the media has sort of let him off lightly is because Rihanna has thrived in the face of all of this. Mm. If this had truly broken her, like if she had gone through this and then total, like not been able to come back and not been able to be stronger, which she shouldn't have even had to do, then the media, I think, would keep harping on about how Chris Brown ruined Rihanna. Because Rihanna thrived in the face of it and she didn't have to, that's probably a reason why people have gone so easy on Chris Brown. I absolutely agree. And also the fact that Rihanna then got back with him after, Mm. you know, this assault happened. And there's actually a quote from her in Rolling Stone magazine, which is once she got back with him and she said, I decided it was more important for me to be happy. I wasn't going to let anyone's opinion get in the way. Even if it's a mistake, it's my mistake. After being so tormented for many years, being angry and dark, I'd just rather live my truth and take the backlash. I can handle it. Um. Which is so, it shows that cyclical nature of thought in terms of like, domestic violence because it happened to her she felt the repercussions of it in 2009 and she says how she can't you know make the selfish decision to stay with him and just think about herself but then over time you know maybe there wasn't abuse for a while there's actually um in Healthline they go and talk about the cycle of domestic abuse and it's all about building tension then the incident will happen and then the reconciliation happens and then there's often a calm period after mm. that for quite a long time. So I don't know, maybe it's a trauma, they were... like trauma response. Like it comes in cycles. Yeah, and absolutely. That's really interesting to have watched that with Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And then it's obviously not on her to do a, you know, like any type of Oprah, like, you know, how Oprah goes and interviews like Prince Harry and Meghan and things like that. Yeah. Like any type of big tell all or interview about this now with mm-hmm. hindsight 
probably would be helpful for a lot of people to see, a lot of Chris Brown fans to see. Yeah. But it's not on her to do that now that she's happy with No, and for her to reopen that wound. Yeah. No, it's not at all. But, yeah, I think that point, Luce, that you said that the media hasn't taken this and actually tried to do something helpful with it because they've either just, like, disregarded it or – Every article is like listing all of the things he's done, but more for like shock value and more for like almost entertainment yeah. purposes, which again isn't fucking helpful. Like, it doesn't have the like paragraph beneath it all being like, even being like, so why are we still giving him awards or why are we still, why are people still collaborating with him? Yeah, absolutely. There's none of that. It's like the surface level, he's done this, 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 and this. And then there's no analysis after it. So, Even the Rolling Stone article where I got a lot of this from, yeah. it just like ended, I think, in 2017 yeah. and just like ended with the last listicle thing with nothing else. Yeah, genuinely. So like what do you expect from your readers to take from that article? It's like how is that, yeah, he's done all of this bad shit. And then they're then, like, what am I meant to do with that? What am I meant to do with that? And then how do I reconcile the fact that, yes, he's done all of that bad shit, but he's still being allowed to perform at the AMAs? Yeah. Or then cancelled at the very last minute. And for reasons he says he doesn't know why. Literally doesn't know why. Or the fact that they literally said it's not because he was performing it. It was the, like, him plus Michael Jackson. So if he hadn't been performing Michael Jackson, we'd have probably seen Chris Brown at the AMAs. And then that would have been really interesting to see how everyone reacted to that. Because, like, even... Like, usually people write into shit you should care about and tell us things that we should write about or talk mm-hmm. about, and, like, that's one of my favourite parts of this. No one said that we should write about Chris Brown and Kelly Rowland at the AMAs. That was no. you finding or us watching it and finding it on our own. And we've actually always wanted to do a Chris Brown episode because this has always mind-boggled us. It really has, and we've always wanted to dive a little further into domestic violence. I've actually got one more thing, kind mm. of, like, unpacking domestic violence, especially in the black community. Um, so there was... So there was a woman called Bent Goodley who's an expert on this, and she says, while domestic violence impacts all communities, black women are further burdened with the fear of going to the police and the courts because they don't want to turn black men over to the criminal justice system. They just don't want to bring shame to the community, and they don't want others to think negatively about them and about black men because they have the added dimension of racism and discrimination to contend with. It can be a crippling burden no matter your economic status. Fuck so yeah. They're trying was, to protect a whole community and the way that the world views a the way whole group the, of people. A hundred percent. At their own, like, at their own danger. Yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, domestic violence, a lot of it happens because of systemic oppression. We see it in our own community here in New Zealand. You mm. know, power is taken away from a whole community. And then what are they left? How are they meant to emotionally kind of get to grips with that? And unfortunately, domestic violence can be bred from that sort of systemic oppression. And that's what's happened in the States with the black community. And then it's just, again, a cycle because they don't want that name they don't want to be like oh we've lived up to what everyone has put on us for years and years and years but then it's like for these women who are being physically and emotionally hurt where are they supposed to go and like obviously it is definitely not just happening in the black community but when we are talking about the Chris Brown and Rihanna domestic assault kind of case it is something to mention because it's just a whole another level of how to think about this in the grand scheme of the world, you Mm. know, not just celebrity. So it just is such a complicated topic again, but... But Vox could do a really good job unpacking this. I know. I just don't know why because 
it happens in across the, world, the board, across the world, in arts and music and wherever else, and sport, fucking all the time. Oh. and these people just do tend to kind of get away with it. The accusations tend to just float away, or we forget about it because we. It's easier to I don't know, yeah, like something like and not think about it deeply. Yeah, or, I don't know, absolutely. It can be too taxing for the consumer. Yeah, which obviously you've got to protect your peace, but you've got to do that while thinking about the communities that are being fucked over by us not talking about shit like yeah, this. exactly. Anyway, Liv, after that incredibly heavy but really necessary episode considering we've had such a hard time researching, like, the actual – what actually went down with Chris Brown – um, what is on your radar this week? Okay, Luce, what is on my radar is Wise Blood's new album and In the Darkness Hearts Aglow. Do you know Wise Blood? No. Um, she's this really beautiful musician. I don't actually know what she's I think she's from America. Or oh, I don't know. Um She's just a really great musician and her last album was called Titanic Rising and it was fucking phenomenal. So I'm really excited mm. to listen to her new one. I don't think she's like incredibly famous, but she's definitely got a bit of a following. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what's on my radar. What about you? Um, on my radar, and this is like a TikTok recommendation, but one that I'm quite excited to watch is Wednesday with uh, Jenna Ortega, who plays Wednesday Adams. Oh my from gosh, the Adams I family. heard about this. First of all, like, I'm obsessed. Remember when we watched The Fuller and Jenna Ortega, just like amazing and so believable and just the most incredible actress? Yes, absolutely. Now she's put like a new twist on Wednesday Adams, who we've only, I haven't actually watched The Adams Family. Me neither. I've only ever seen Wednesday Adams as like an eight to 10 year old. And this is like her teenage years. And Jenna had to learn, like, um, cello, German, archery, like dancing. She had to learn all this shit to do the role. Oh my She gosh. just leaned in. I've been seeing it all over TikTok. It's like I really want to watch it. Um, so I think it's on Netflix. I'm not sure. I have to go and look that up, but I am going to watch it. It always bemuses me how fast actors and how well actors no, can learn these skills. I mean, she was doing this for eight months, actually. That's but true, it's still but fast you know, to learn still, the fucking cello. No, it's still so fast. Like, people fucking practice for eight years. I know, you literally. Know, it's just like... And she, like, choreographed. There's this dancing that's just amazing. And she choreographed it herself. She worked with Tim Burton really closely. And she oh is, gosh. like, like she is corpse bride energy. Like, she, mm, she is... She really is. Oh, my God. She's amazing. Also, just because she's, like, a Latina and she's playing this role that was like she's reclaiming and I don't know it's just amazing yeah so that's what I've seen that's really exciting definitely on the to watch list yes Liv as always thank you for coming and helping us break down things that aren't always easy to break down I'm honestly like driving in my car on the way here like checklisting in my head all of the things that we're going to say on this episode and it like it can definitely be overwhelming oh my god can it ever again these conversations don't have to have a fucking ending we have the privilege of feeling like we get to do something with what we learn which is always the bit that gets me like through the hard confusing convos yeah absolutely so thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to Samuel, our wonderful podcast producer. Woo! And we'll see you in the newsletter or next week or when we next see you. Wonderful. We will see you then. Goodbye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.